What's up, everyone? Welcome to our limited series, Loki number three, where we're going to dive deep into the new episode titled Lamentis, now streaming on Disney Plus. And by we, I mean Chris. And Don. Let's go. All right, all right. Welcome everyone to the Raised a Geek podcast. Don, it's what I don't even know. I was about to say Saturday night. Nope, it's Friday night. Recording the latest we've ever recorded. It's like 11 o'clock at night. It's almost Saturday. It'll be Saturday by the time we're done doing this. How's it going, man? It's going good, Chris. How's everything? Yes, we are night owl recorders this evening. Uh, had to flip our schedule around a little bit with a couple, you know, if things going on at home and around and working it's weird like we're also on this uh two episodes a weekend uh schedule right now with loki trying to get these loki episodes out um in a timely manner you know soon after the show ends so we're not like a week behind so we're just you know we're kind of finding our way through this and uh just kind of jimmying things together to make it work but we're making it work man we're here we're here doing it and when we find the the right time to do it we're doing it and this is the time this is the time this is the place this is what we're gonna do (laughs) man it's friday two days off weekend is here it's a long ass work week (laughs) yep i don't even think i i don't even think i told you that i'm on vacation all next week what and yeah it's awesome i feel great this is like the perfect the perfect feeling of leaving work on a friday and fourth of july falls on a sunday this yeah uh this year next week so then for our work for my job we also get off monday the fifth is like the day the observed day off for work yeah so technically i have off 10 days right now from now i don't have to go back to work for 10 days it feels amazing yeah that's that's awesome i was just giving my one of my coworkers a hard time because they hired her her and i got hired for new positions pretty much like i got hired and she started like the next week so we've both been like is it too early to take vacations we've just been here 90 days (laughs) what can we do so she's taking her family vacation next week as well and then as i was leaving i was like wait so you're going on vacation and then you're coming back into a three-day holiday weekend. And she's just like, uh, yep. I'm just like, okay, oh, it's I see you. It's I see sweet. you. I see what you're doing there. I, I see. I'm learning who you are now. You're sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, but, man. You got you to gotta like learn how to manipulate the system like that. Put all your days together to get the maximum amount of days off. When I worked at a hotel, we didn't get weekends off, obviously. And we used to do that all the time with just stacking our days off together. So I'd be like, well, I got two days off this week and two days off the next week. So if you would stack those days off, you can end up getting like four days that weren't considered, you know, because we didn't have weekends. So we could take Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and those would just be our off days. And then you just tack a vacation on one end or the other, and you can almost get a whole week off and only use like one or two vacation days. Yeah, yeah. Got to be sneaky. Yeah, man, it's all about working the system. Yeah, yeah. It's, Damn the man, save the empire. <laughs> Dude, I just watched that movie like not too long ago. I bought the uh, Fox edition. It has like 25 extra minutes. Yeah. It was pretty fun, man. Empire Records, man, for the win. 
that's that's that movie still holds up we got to do an empire records episode because i love that movie it's one of there's there's it's one of my favorites and i don't even know why it's just it's it's pure 90s yeah like if you want to know like it's a 90s time capsule if you want to know what the 90s were like just watch that movie and there it's all chaotic and it's true <laughs> it's true man all right i'm calling it right now we're doing a empire records episode here in the future when something nothing like a slow week when nothing else is going on all right i'm oh yeah i can it's in the I book can, i could talk empire records we want to double feature with can't hardly wait i mean i can i can what? talk about these things all day man. <laughs> those are those those are those guilty pleasure movies for me is when i uh when i just see them on tv i have to watch them i agree but we are not here to talk about empire records or can hardly wait as much as i may want to now that you're saying it we're here to talk (laughs) about loki episode three did i get the title right in the opening lamentus 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 yeah something like that Lamentus. you're right lamentus yeah, I want to say Lamantis, but Lamentis is correct. But we're here. But first, because it dropped and it's MCU related, we got a second trailer for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings came out. Um, we debated back and forth if we were even going to watch it. Like, do we need another MCU trailer? I mean, they've been coming out every seems like weekly almost at this point. <laughs> yeah, we did debate for a minute if we should watch it, but I, I couldn't uh resist it because just i wanted to see a little more from shang chi like we've talked about before um when you get around when a when studios start releasing the second trailer you got to make the internal decision like do i want to further reveal things about this movie to myself has is seeing the first trailer enough is that enough to go on and just now i want to go into the movie with the rest but with this one i kind of wanted to see a little more what they had up their sleeve like there was a lot of meat to the first one but i just have this i had the once i heard about this trailer releasing the second one i was like i just gotta see it i gotta see more it, it's not gonna increase or reduce my level of interest in the movie but i just want to see a little bit more so that's kind of what i went into it with and uh i don't know did not disappoint i enjoyed the trailer a lot yeah a little bit of story little bit little bit more story just kind of getting the getting the uh layout of what we're getting ourselves into um and then seeing more of that action and i just still love the idea of just a big budget full studio support martial arts flick you know you just don't get i love martial arts movies man and that's just that idea of getting a big budget is so rare you just rarely get one like that in at least in america so i'm excited yeah it's, it seems like a first for it's a it definitely is a first for the mcu mm-hmm. diving into the more the you know um martial arts aspect and and um asian influenced movie it, it's i really like the idea of it and a lot of what we got in this trailer was cool we saw the the 10 rings in person with his father kind of wielding the 10 rings as a weapon and um more it seemed it seemed like more investment into their relationship father and son relationship um a little less aquafina i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing depends on how you look at it but uh yeah just got to see a little more and increase my excitement but the big thing everyone's talking about is the final scene of that trailer where it appears to be uh, a fight in the cage whatever cage or whatever place they are between 
uh, a uh, villain from MCU past. If you want to call it an MCU movie, it's very debatable. Is it MCU or is it Universal? <laughs> is it part of? Is it part of? It is. Let's all just admit it. It, it, it. The second Marvel MCU movie ever made, Incredible Hulk, Abomination, appears to uh, be in this trailer yeah. and fighting who some think on the internet think is Wong from Doctor Strange. So uh, that's pretty cool. If that's what that really is, it's not confirmed or it's hard. To, it's hard to confirm it right now, but if that's what's going on in this movie, man, what does what does that make you feel? I don't even know because like I didn't catch the Doctor Strange tie-in. I mean, realistically, I caught none of it. I watched the trailer once, and I was like, "Oh, that big monster!" They already showed a big dragon under the water, so I'm like, "This movie's gonna be crazy." And then uh, then I saw all the reactions online, and I saw everybody. How is how is Abomination in this movie? And I was like, "Wait, that was Abomination." But it's been yeah. a long time since I watched that MCU movie. So, uh, I mean, that's that sounds awesome. And I love the idea of, you know, wondering how this movie connects to the current setup. You know, obviously, we're talking about going to talk about Loki here in a minute. We know the multiverse is this big thing. Doctor Strange is a big part of that multiverse. So seeing him or his part of his universe or the idea of part of his universe being in this movie kind of starts to tie it into maybe what the overall grand scheme of things is. So it's very interesting in seeing that. Yeah. If it's, if they're pulling in time stream stuff in that movie, maybe abomination was pulled from that, from the time of the incredible Hulk movie, who knows, but we also know that it's been confirmed that Tim Roth as abomination will be in the she Hulk show. So he is returning one way or another. Maybe this is just like his first little window or doorway back in before that. Uh, we'll find out, but I, I don't mean, know. I'm never... I don't know if you remember at all and spoilers for incredible Hulk. If you need that, if you, if, if you haven't seen it in the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, did he, well, I mean, obviously he didn't die then in that movie, right? Man, and I just watched The Incredible Hulk not too long ago. I honestly can't remember what happened to that that character. I would have to like look it up and revisit. The biggest thing I remember about The Incredible Hulk movie is them leading into the leader um, with that little teaser. Remember that doctor kind of got some gamma uh, dripped onto his head and then started smiling, and he was supposed to be like the next villain, but they never followed up on it because like the it's a whole long sorted thing with the Ed Norton and incredible Hulk story, like how that movie died and wasn't followed up upon. And we never thought that it was, no one ever was sure if Hulk would ever even reappear in the MCU until they, it's, it's a whole long thing we all know, but you know, we'll save that for another episode where we start <laughs> yeah. when we, when we need to dig into the drama behind the scenes of the movie and tell some of those stories, that sounds like a good yeah. one for that. Yeah, but to answer your question, I I honestly can't remember what how they ended it with the Tim Roth abomination character. But like I said, he has been confirmed to be in She-Hulk, so we'll see. So pumped for that show, but we are here to talk about Loki, episode three. As I said a couple times now, Lamentus, and uh, this episode we ended episode two kind of and we talked last week kind of on this weird cliffhanger of what is this show gonna be where are they going loki followed what appeared to be lady loki or some loki variant through the time portal 
and no idea where they went, where they were coming out on the other side, what was happening. And kind of now we know actually what happened, but just overall, I guess we'd like to start these things off. What's, what's your overall impression of the episode? How'd you feel this episode went? Uh, this episode to me, Loki episode three was a little kind of a break in the plot overall plot of where I felt we were going. Uh, I feel like, I feel like everything kind of slowed down for, for this episode and just broke away. Like I said, from the plot, which is a little strange to me in this being a, a six episode series. I found that a little strange that one episode you, you choose an episode to like completely basically stop the storytelling of the plot and choose to go a different way into like more deep character development. So it depends on how you look at it. If you think that's good or bad, I still liked this episode. It, if I'm, I last week when we were talking about episode two, we were like, Oh, there are two pieces of the same puzzle. I feel like this is a piece that didn't exactly fit with the first two, mm-hmm. but I can see where they're going. So I don't know to answer the question. Truthfully, <laughs> I, I did. I did. Like, I, I liked the, I liked this episode, but of the three, I'd say it might be the weakest one so far. But I still am enjoying the series as a whole. But when I look at episode three, it might be the weakest one. Just like initial thoughts. I don't know. How'd you feel? I love that I've asked you two questions so far. And the answer I got back was, oh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, I fell asleep through this one. Uh, Yeah, it was fine. I, I had to do a lot more digging into figuring out why this episode exists and what they Mm -hmm. were going for, because a lot of it went over my head. Um, so I can't imagine if it's going over my head, what casual viewers or someone who has zero, like we have spoiler information of comic books or are willing to do the research to understand it better. And I can't imagine how like non fanboys or girls would react to this episode when you just have no idea, like the casual, this episode was not for the casual audience. I don't think (laughs) it just seemed like I said, it was a complete hit the brakes, slow down. Who is this character and kind of have this weird banter that I didn't know if it was supposed to be funny or not. It's just everything about this episode to me seemed odd. And I don't know why it felt odd. I feel like there's a lot in this episode and I feel like looking back at it after we have more information, this episode might be better than we are expecting it to be. But yeah overall i agree with you this was kind of like okay this is not what i expected to happen in this episode yeah i kind of compare it to the first two episodes of wandavision Mm -hmm. when you look back at those that you didn't really see the fit of the full scope of it until the end when everything like got pieced together i think ultimately that might be how we look at this episode in the end um but yeah, we want, before we get in, we, we'll get into it and talk about like stuff. Um, I'm curious. You said like some of the stuff went over your head. Do you have any specific examples of that, or do you want to talk about that when we kind of talk about the episode itself? I think we'll just hit it. And okay. like I said, I had to watch. I watched a bunch of like spoilery videos and like Easter egg videos. 
um, the past couple of days just to kind of be like, what is in this episode? Because I know there was stuff in there. And one of the things with this show is that they talk fast and mm. they, they're always saying a bunch of stuff. And I'm always rewinding like, wait, what did they just say? What did they just say? What's going on? You know, because you don't want to miss any of that stuff. So it's been real tricky, especially because they have accents and I have a hard time understanding accents sometimes. And I'm like, like yeah. uh, Sylvie kept saying stuff. And I'm like, wait, what'd she say? Yeah, especially with her, like we're used to Tom Hiddleston's twang by now. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, sometimes when she was going Sophia Di Martino as Lady Loki slash Sylvie revealed in this episode, um, yeah, sometimes her dialogue, I was like, wait, what? A little, but that happens to me with every accent I hear in any movie. Sometimes I'm just like, I can't even watch this because they're so thick, different. Mm -hmm. i and i i mean i don't know if that just makes me a dumb american or whatever but uh it is what it is a little a little challenging at times yeah well like all right let's let's i guess jump into the episode because we ended with in the walmart store and this verge of apocalypse where owen wilson and everybody got left behind apparently and uh very sad owen wilson was not in this episode but when they jumped to this portal, it was like, okay, where do they go? What's what's going to happen? What was her plan? What was this? And they just showed up at the TVA. And I was like, whoa, okay. Wasn't expecting that. They had a big fight with a bunch of guards, ran around. And then at the last minute, when it looked like they were about to be destroyed by the TVA, Loki hit the little button and they teleported somewhere, which turned out that they went to Lamentis. And I believe that was the planet, right? Lamentus one yeah and i think the year they were set in it said it was 2077 yeah yeah um it was explained to be like loki used um sylvie's temp pad to get there so her temp pad was always set to go to uh places where the apocalypse has happened so that's why they went there because an apocalypse event is happening there um and you could tell she was like angry and upset that that's where they wound up because she kind of described that place as like uh, one of the worst ones where, you know, shit really hits the fan. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, we had that. But actually, the first opening scene we didn't talk about was um, that I wanted to touch on was before the uh, opening title card even happened was the scene with Lady Loki and the guard that she... Mm-hmm extracted the information from uh and it started like in a bar and it's just them talking as like best friends and i found that opening scene confusing at first because you know we got these two characters who we recognize from the last episode in there and they're talking as if they're best friends and i was like what is going on here like what's happening but then it turned out to be the more it started going once she said tell me where the timekeepers are that's when you finally started to realize this was a way for us viewers to see how her enchantment powers kind of worked. And I kind of thought that scene was cool. Did you, did you like that? No, that, that scene was really cool. And that was when I, cause I don't think I caught it in the last episode when the guard told Mobius that they, Oh, I told her where the timekeepers are. I told yeah. her how to get to him and i didn't think i caught that in the last episode so when they were doing like previously on i was like oh shit she just gave it away the timekeepers and that seemed to be the big secret of where loki's been trying to figure out where are the timekeepers so it was really interesting 
you know, when I caught that and then, yeah, seeing how she extracted that information was really cool. And I know a lot of people were really excited about that idea of her telling the whole story about brain freeze because of the idea that Loki is a frost Lord, frost giant. So yes, it it, it's all I saw, connected. I saw lots of theories about what was that meaning and why were they telling that story and thinking that was more important than it came off as being. Yeah. But so that scene, yeah, that scene did end up working in the end, even though it started off confusing, but that was purposely confusing, I guess. Yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> so then, yeah, as you said, they went to the TVA, or we found out Lady Loki slash Sylvie went to the TVA. That's where she wanted to go, which was unexpected. And um, I like the action in there of her fighting the TVA agents. I thought mm-hmm. that was cool. She seemed like a you know formidable fighter and it was those are some fun scenes but then yeah like you said we get to lamentous one through the temp pad um and then i guess the next step is just loki followed her there and they have to kind of fight each other um do you feel like they spent a little too much time them fighting and like arguing yes a little bit Yes, I think they did. And like I said, it was a lot of bickering of them back and forth and arguing, but none of it was entertaining. Right. So then it just kind of felt like, all right, move it on. Like, I just, you know, sometimes you can watch people and whether it's a chemistry thing, whether it's a dialogue thing, but sometimes you can watch people do that. But then you also have this weird thing where you're like, wait, if they're clones of each other, does that make them like a brother and sister? Or is is there supposed to be sexual tension here? That's supposed to be like flirting? Is it supposed to be sibling? Like, I don't know what the dynamic is because we don't really know who Sylvie is really, if there is yeah. more to it because, and even in this episode, she was very adamant to not be called Loki and said she hates that name and does not seem like she likes being called Loki. And we don't know why. So it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know what their banter is supposed to accomplish because I don't know if it has romantic entanglements or sibling or just strangers. It, so it made it awkward to me trying to watch this. And I was at the, like you said, it just was hit a point where I was like, all right, move on. Come on, let's move this along. Yeah, I was glad when they finally stopped the bickering and like jo- decided to join forces because we all knew that's when it was going to get to that point anyway yeah i thought they were just using that as a vehicle to have a little you know a couple more action scenes of them fighting each other and i mean you need that in the mcu fighting that's what this is all about anyway yeah um in the long run so yeah eventually we got to the point um like i said where they were just searching for a power source once they They had to charge their cell phone yeah once they <laughs> once they find we all know what that phone. feeling is like when we're out yeah. in the world and our phone dies and we're like i gotta find that power source and that's what this yeah. episode was the search for a charger i yep. would say that's exactly <laughs> what this plot was i i wouldn't be surprised if that came up in a writing room somewhere yeah so we got to them we got to, we got to them traveling uh through this wasteland of a planet which I like the sets here. It was oh, pretty yeah. cool. It looked great. Like, it looked like kind of Star Wars-esque or come, some kind of like other space opera movie you would be watching. Yep. So I really like that. Kind of the change of pace of sets that we haven't seen. We've been on first two episodes a lot in the TVA, which is great, but it's cool to like move on to a new um, location. So I thought that was cool. Um, 
they found themselves upon the the trailer and Sylvie tried to bust in and a lady blasted her with like a pulse shotgun and uh um, yeah, they ripped that scene right out of kill bill <laughs> right pretty much yeah kicking that door open was like a shot for shot of when oh, yeah. that happened it was shot two. for shot it was like <laughs> the exact same thing of that door opening and someone with a shotgun on the other side blasting them in the chest like that was right they might have watched kill bill a couple times before that um yeah but then it was cool we got to see loki use like his his powers to mimic the husband yeah. which i don't know i thought that scene was cool like i was like oh no he didn't do that he's not he's a dirty dude this loki doing that to this poor old lady mm-hmm. but she like saw through that and um <laughs> shot him too yeah she was like my husband was never that nice <laughs> yeah yeah he didn't know but that i thought that was cool um yeah. and what then she t- kind of tells them that uh the only way off this planet or the power source is this arc yeah, everyone went to the Ark, so there's nobody else on the planet. Everyone went to the Ark, so that's, you know, where you got to go. Just kind of was a guide. Go that way. Yeah, and I don't think that Loki and Sylvie yet had planned to get on the Ark, but they just kind of had this idea that something that powerful enough to get people off planet would be powerful enough to charge their tempad. That's kind of like the idea you got, right? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't okay. I, like I said it kind of hit points from like what's going on and <laughs> this is really what they're like I said going to trying to charge their phone it's, yeah it's, it's the phone charge like, okay episode. they're just they're just going from point a to point b while they're I know <laughs> that and that's where I'm like they have to be dropping all kinds of clues or something in this like dialogue that they're ramping up because otherwise what's happening in this episode you know yeah that was kind of they hadn't really gotten they hadn't really gotten too much yet at this point like in terms of the overall um where this show is going it was just kind of like an episode of i don't want to even i don't want to call it a filler episode because you can't have a filler episode in a six episode series but all the scenes we yeah the scenes we'd seen up to this point seemed kind of fillery a little bit um but then they reached the train and um it seemed like did you kind of get a class warfare commentary going on here like the poor people are out here waiting and it's like a way for the rich people to get on i don't know i just found that it was right out of snow piercer the train and the train trying to get on the train and the poor people can't get on and the rich people are on there living it up right drinking alcohol and just playing music and just you know having a a good old time it's like the titanic where all the rich people are getting on the lifeboats and the poor people are drowning the same yep. story yeah yeah tale um, as old as time right <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, chris sang beauty and the beast at eleven thirty. <laughs> that just happened that just uh happened. but then we see them get on the tr- able to get on the train it was like a combination of loki and uh sylvie's powers like him using his I don't even know what to call his powers, but her powers are like enchantment powers and his are, man, they had a word for it and I can't think of it. Um, yeah, I don't remember. I don't what know. It was. Yeah, it'll come back to me. But uh, it's in the interesting. Of the night, you'll just sit up in the bed at 2 yeah. in the morning. Oh, illusionism. <laughs> illusionism. <laughs> that might have been it. His magic. Uh, anyway. I find it interesting, though, that they're supposed to be she's supposed to be a variant of him, but they have like two distinct different power sets, um, which kind of still tells me that she may not be a true variant of him. 
because we'll talk about it more when we get into the scene when they're inside the bar, inside the train, Mm -hmm. but they are very different from each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the the way this show has explained it is they're the same exact person until the timeline branches off. Mm -hmm. But what's revealed on this train is they've led two different lives almost their entire life. Yeah. Like their relationships with their parents were different. Um, Their relationships with the world is different. Like, they're two completely different people. So how is she truly a Loki variant? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. And I, I don't, I don't think she's going to be, I think she's going to be her own thing. And I mean, the names that they're going for, I mean, they're pushing real hard on like an enchantress version, Yeah, you know, a chantress character. Cause I think even, you know, Sylvie is a character that goes by. I believe that's one of the versions of the enchantress, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, I know there's lots of ties into other characters. And like I said, they're pushing real hard on the enchantments and enchantress. So that's obviously where you want to put your money. Now, of course, they might be, they're making it that obvious, then it might be something else. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm fine. I'm struggling to figure out exactly what they're going for with her because she said in this episode, I adopted the name Sylvie. Mm hmm which means she was Loki and she changed herself, but they're also pushing hard. Right. Yeah. They're also pushing hard that she is a version of the enchantress, um, but not the original one, like a a different take on it, which in the comics, like you were just kind of talking about, there was a character named Sylvie Lustin in the Thor comics. She was like a teenage girl from Oklahoma. When there was a story in the Thor comics where Asgard, uh, was relocated to a like just a floating city or something above Oklahoma. I I didn't read this, but I I kind of know about it a little bit. And Sylvie was a person who Loki took and granted her powers as kind of like a game, just to see if he could do it to a normal human and like grant her powers and see what would happen. Just being like his normal trickster self, mm-hmm. and she became um she became powerful with like Asgardian powers and she took the name Enchantress but she was the second Enchantress in the comics now in the MCU they don't have time to go through a whole origin of an original Enchantress and a second Enchantress so I feel like this is the MCU's way of taking like both characters and making meshing them into one Mm -hmm. you know they kind of the the MCU has to kind of take liberties a little bit with the comics because there's so much stuff you would have to do to keep everything true to the comics they can't do that like they have to change shit a little bit so that's kind of feel like i want to do here so this what we're seeing this sylvie i feel like is a mix of a loki variant and enchantress one from the comics and enchantress two Mm -hmm. this is just like their amalgamation of this of that character all into one so it's going to kind of be hard to understand and people who read the comics be like well let me tell you this but like nobody really is going to know because I think they're just, this is their own version. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin Feige probably was sitting there and was like, we want the enchantress. We can't do her entire history in this six episode show. That isn't even about her. It's about Loki. We just got to put this character in here and this is what they got. So yeah. I'm, in, I'm interested to see what they do in it. Um, one other interesting point I'll bring up just about the uh, theory of what may happen in the future is the silver character in the comics goes on to join the young Avengers being the young Avengers mm-hmm. and 
other members of that team include Kamala Khan, who's going to be in the MCU, Kate Bishop, who's going to be in the MCU, and the Maximoff twins, Wanda and Vision's sons, who've already been in the MCU in WandaVision. So it's like, man, are they pushing for a Young Avengers team show? You know, other people they could do. Other, they, I'm sure there's other characters you can add into. Um, well, and who is who is the Young Avengers' first big bad? Kang the Conqueror, who's exactly already right. been cast and really rumored to be in this show at this point. If you yeah. want to believe the rumors, yeah. So that's that's cool. They I mean, could they're be pushing hard on these timekeepers in this this show, like harder than I thought they were going to. And they really mm-hmm. seem to be this focal point of this thing where I'm like, we're going to see these things. This and if that is Kang, we're going to know this this season, like. I can't imagine, I can't imagine at this point, halfway through this show, and how serious knowing that that is her plan is to get, like both Loki and Sylvie, both their goal is to somehow get to the timekeepers, whether it's for different reasons, that's their plan. So, I mean, I don't see how we get through this show without them getting there, right? Yeah, especially because now we know for sure that lady loki sylvie is not the big bad of this show she's Mm -hmm. been revealed now to be a companion and teammate so this show still has yet to reveal its you know true villainous threat it's and they're leaning on the timekeepers i mean that feels like it's the timekeepers yeah that's what they seem to be pushing on that's the only thing that makes sense at this point um but yeah we hit the train and then they Two of them sat down just at a table, just kind of out of note, like, okay, let's just sit on this train. Let's not keep moving. We're going to sit and talk about love. And that's what they yeah. did. And it was once again, this, I'm like, are they flirting? Are they, is this weird if they're flirting? <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, I don't know. It was just a weird conversation to me. Yeah. The thing, the, the talk about love kind of like struck hollow with me a little bit from Loki because that's, the way he feels about love has never been addressed previously because it hasn't needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the biggest thing to come out of there is, which is, you know, a big deal is his revelation that he's uh, bisexual. Um, and that's kind of been a big talk of the internet um, because Loki has been gender fluid in real Norse mythology. Like to truly understand like Thor and Loki and all this stuff. These are not MCU properties. Mm -hmm. Like these, these are like legit Norse mythology. Like Marvel doesn't own the name Thor doesn't own the name Loki. So these are characters that have existed for, you know, ages and ages. So what they are is what they are. Loki has been gender fluid in Norse mythology uh, he's been a man he's been a woman he's been whatever he's been animals it it really doesn't matter um and he's like a god he's not a human so in norse mythology he's been gender fluid and in the comics they they've already um like in marvel comics they've confirmed that he's bisexual or or gender fluid or whatever the case may be so i think it was right about time that the mcu did acknowledge it you know what i'm saying because it is something that already exists and the reason i'm bringing this up is because a lot of internet there's been a lot of internet backlash from like toxic fanboys like why they gotta bring whatever whatever into this and like 
to me that is just so ridiculous like that is what he is so what are you upset about I, yeah, I just um, assumed, I always assumed he was. Like, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even bat an eye. Just, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, he's like royalty, <laughs> right. royalty. He's a god, you know. I mean, those, they were always that way. I mean, you watch Spartacus, the kings and queens were all over each other. You watch, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. any, whenever you go back to any historical record, it's always, you know, everybody had fun with everybody so like when you look yeah. at that type of like royal family you just kind of like yeah it makes sense to me just kind of like okay <laughs> yeah i mean yeah I'm, I'm, I, I don't see it as an agenda i don't see it as a i mean yeah it's all no and i knew you would feel that way and like most people like with a sane head on their shoulders feel that way too but i you know there's toxic people out there who just have to comment on everything it's like this is also it's it's important to representation too for for everyone like Mm -hmm. you know it's important for people of all races and creeds and everything to be feel represented so this is actually the first lgbtq confirmed mcu and i feel like that is important to uh, a lot of fans and a lot of people for diversity reasons so i i'm a fan of what they did there wasn't valkyrie the first though valkyrie that's interesting valkyrie the actress tessa thompson confirmed it but i'm not sure there was on i don't think screen. it's yeah i don't think it's been on screen i think that's coming in like uh love and thunder thor 4. yeah i think that's, that's gonna be a thing in that movie but i know i feel like that's been confirmed yeah for her like she she did confirm it as the actress but but i don't think it's been on screen um so yeah i don't know that would go down as first but yeah on screen unless there's something in ragnarok i missed uh yeah i haven't seen ragnarok in a while i'd have to go back and see but yeah i kind of wanted to get so that was that was talked about there too mixed in with the whole love thing um and then what happened then no then see but then this then i think this is going to be the biggest moment of this episode because they kind of were having this conversation and i don't know if you noticed it but while they're having this conversation at this table all of a sudden there was this weird jump cut and sylvie was passed out at the table and loki was singing and dancing but they did this weird jump cut like it just kind of seemed out of place to me and uh where it seemed like something happened there. Like you felt like you missed time, like something, how how did we go from like as filmmaking and making shows, your whole idea is you need to be able to basically follow one character from point A to point B to point C. You're always following. So the camera's following them walk to a door. Then you show them touch the door handle. Then you show them open the door. Then you show them walk through the door, camera angles, you know, and you're hitting your, those cuts and you don't want people to get lost. Well, Sylvie got lost like you're Mm -hmm. watching they're sitting at a table next thing you know loki is drunk and singing and dancing sylvie was just head down fully passed out at the table how did that happen and it was this weird just like cut where i'm like wait what happened here now now is do we are we at a point where like loki is casting his own enchantment or his own spell and everything else after that point is an illusion or like they showed in the beginning, or is Sylvie doing something to Loki? Like, I feel like that that was there for a reason because it was odd. And I don't know if you noticed that or if that makes any sense, but. 
No, I didn't really think about that until right now. But yeah, that does make now the more when as you're saying it and I'm thinking about it, I could see something like that being something that did happen. Uh, there was kind of a weird little transition there from the conversation then to the next thing, you know, Loki's going full Asgard at the bar, like yeah. drinking like Thor. Uh, she just, yeah. you, you lose time and that's just something that you're not supposed to do outside of letting outside of making it obvious. So the fact that they did it like that, and you know, that's just, could be me. I pay attention to that crap. That's my job. So <laughs> I always yeah. am looking at the, the edits and the cuts and how do you get from point A to point B and the, the, the production side of it. So it could have just been a, a thing, but I feel like everything's done for a reason in the MCU so far. And I don't see why that, and especially with the way that this episode ended, I wouldn't be surprised if that moment comes back. Yeah, you definitely could be onto something. Um, Thought that was. I'll have to think about. I'll have to think about that a little more. I wanted to watch it again just to kind of see it and see if I remember it. If it actually happened the way that I'm remembering it, because the way I'm remembering it is, I remember it being very jarring. But I could be exaggerating it in my brain because I do have an active imagination. (laughs) Uh, um let me ask you another question yes we, we're on this planet loki and sylvie or seemed moon to obviously or whatever. moon planet whatever it was lamentus yeah yeah in the middle of this apocalyptic thing for whatever reason all these guards want to fight these these two gods who have their powers why was any of that a fight they were just fighting normal people and they were getting their butts kicked or i mean they should have just been punching these people through the walls and why why were they why were they fighting so much with these guards especially when you were hitting the end when they were trying to run to the ship and the planet was literally collapsing and these these guards are like oh the world's about to end let me stop this random stranger because i don't know who a loki is i don't know what a variant is like why why are these security guards so obsessed with trying to catch the lokis after they got off the train like it just seemed so weird it just seemed like so cheap for action <laughs> It's because they didn't have a ticket, Chris. Don't you know? But, they didn't have a ticket until they went after him. Uh, but I mean, that's <laughs> that's literally what the plot was. Like, that was why yeah. they were being chased. There was no reason. There was no, like, higher authority that wanted to stop them. It was just literally the guards that were like, they didn't have a ticket. Let's chase them till the end of the world. Yeah. Like, they were all about to die. Yeah. And they just were that dedicated to their job. I hope they get a raise. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. man. now that you say it that does seem like a kind of an easy way out just to like sneak some more action into this yeah. episode and loki and i'll admit i'll agree that loki and uh sylvie do seem underpowered when fighting whoever they're fighting because mm-hmm. they're just like fighting hand-to-hand combat but they're still as guardians they should have like super strength superhuman strength yeah kind of like Thor does, even if they're not the same kind of, you know, big guy Thor is, they're still gods. They should be able to knock around human beings pretty easily. You know what I'm saying? Or some version. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. It would be interesting. So, uh, just, it just was kind of, just like you said, you kind of, your mind starts to wander. Yeah, that is a little messy. But out of that, we did get the Loki getting knocked out of the train. Sylvie went after him because he had the temp pad. And it ends up the Tempad is destroyed on Loki's crash landing onto the thing. And it seems like all hope is lost, right? But say destroyed. Lost. <laughs> yeah. Is all hope lost at this point? Um, 
oh they couldn't see me do the quotations around destroyed <laughs> destroyed no, no. quotations we're an audio show chris not I'm, a video I, I caught up i caught up <laughs> <laughs> but then what loki comes up with this big plan to the, the only other way they can do it is now they have to get to the actual arc to get off the planet they were gonna charge their phone but how are they gonna charge it when it's destroyed or it's all messed up i don't know and yeah maybe they were just trying to leave the planet and they'd figure out the rest later or they were just hoping to fix it like i said it was a very loose plot point to just push you through and that's like i said that was overall what my problem with the episode was was there was just wasn't enough glue to hold it together like it was very loosely i can understand that there were things in there that are important that they wanted to say and that was why i was watching videos and looking up easter eggs and really trying to grasp what was the point of this episode just because i felt like i was missing something no I, i agree with you it definitely was missing a little something um but the big biggest reveal we did get in the show to me anyway um in this episode anyhow was on their journey to the arc launch site mm-hmm. um sylvie kind of reveals to loki about the tva agents mm-hmm. that, that they weren't created by the timekeepers that they are variants from walks of the past um and this is something loki didn't know he was told that the timekeepers created the TVA and she says, no, they're, they're variants like us and their memories were erased by the timekeepers. Um, and during this moment, she also was kind of explaining her enchantment powers a little bit to him about how this is how they, the conversation kind of came up. She was like, well, weak minds are easy for me to take over, but strong minds is when I have to use like guard the memories, like how I used the guard from the opening scene. I mm-hmm. used her memories to find out about the timekeepers. And that's what kind of set Loki off. Like, wait, what do you mean from like a hundred years ago? And she's like, yeah, they're all variants from whatever, whatever. So that was interesting. Uh, oh yeah. That was, what I, did I, you think was, about well, that? Yeah, that was probably the biggest thing that came out of this episode because then it, you know, answers the biggest question as to why Mobius loves jet skis. Right. And it totally made me be like, Loki, he, Owen Wilson better be sitting on a jet ski by the end of this series. Dude, like, yeah, if we don't see him on a jet ski, I'm going to be so mad. Yeah. We need, we need to get our one wow from him. Wow. Yeah. And we need to see him on a jet ski. And if they can combine the two in one shot, all the better. Wow. All wow. The better. Wow. This jet ski has so much power. Uh, <laughs> got your little Owen Wilson going there. I love it. Love it. Uh, yeah, no, that was, that was super important because once again, I think it's really liming, li- liming, lining up the timekeepers for being the bad guys and the big bads in one way or another. Like I, once again, that's not a good thing for, to yeah. do. Yeah. It, it if anything, it does, like you say, let you know that the timekeepers are the ones behind, like, they're the big bads of this show, whether that be Kang or whether it, they go a totally different direction one way or another. Um, the TVA, I won't say it's an evil organization, but it's set up in a way that is just, like, um, villainous in a way. Yep. It's it's starting to see more and more villainous. And um, and as, so we'll as, as we said, too, I think this show is just really setting up for that idea of 
creating the multiverse. I mean, they didn't, they, we got no fallout as to what happened with the TVA. Um, and episode two, Sylvie set off all those bombs, creating all of those timelines that were, you know, sprinting to the red line. And we got nothing from that. So we have no idea what the fallout of her attack actually is because we're stuck on this planet. And then, of course, now it seems like we're stuck on this planet even longer because the ship they were running to exploded. And now they have no way off this planet, which once again makes me feel like it's an illusion. <laughs> yeah. And I did actually, I did jot that down. Even when you were talking about it, I was going to bring it up here, but this whole thing might just be a enchantment of um, Sylvie enchanting Loki and like, or is he the one enchanting her? Like you said, who knows? That's got to be their only way out of this. Like what could happen? Yeah. What could possibly happen next? The only other thing I, I came up with, like does Mobius pop in to like scoop them up and take them back before the planet explodes? I hope not. Yeah. I mean, that would be, that seems cheap. (laughs) Right. I mean, all of a sudden, Owen Wilson just a door pops open and he's like, hey guys, come on. Yeah. Out of nowhere. But I can't imagine them spending, like, I don't like the idea that they're setting up this, this idea that we're going to spend another episode of them trying to get off this planet. Like, that just seems like a waste of time when you only have six episodes. So they can't spend more than the opening scene on this planet. They have, it has to be a quick out. Yeah, they got to figure out a quick way out. Um, if a door opens and Owen Wilson steps out and grabs them, I'm going to laugh so damn hard. <laughs> yeah, like the cheap way out. Like, why weren't you here an hour ago? And we wouldn't even have had that episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What did you think of that last scene of them? Like, it was the biggest action scene probably of this show so far. Them fighting through that launch site. Yeah. And it was kind of shot in a way that I don't think it was a true one shot um it was kind of pieced together but it was made to look like a one shot my opinion i don't the when i think of like one shot action sequences the two shows that pop to the top of my mind that are like premier masterpiece one shots are from daredevil season one when he's fighting all the guys in the hallway and that's what i'll always like hold other one shots too and the other one i i know you didn't watch the show but like true detective season one also had a great one um that was like you know 10 minutes long and so freaking cool this one was cool too though it it was a little different but i liked a lot of the action in there like a lot of the set pieces and explosions and probably like i said the most action scene we've had in this series so far no it was super cool and there was actually an interesting thing in there because there was a moment in there and i kind of pieced together and heard some other murmurings of this theory but there was a moment in there when the building was falling on them and loki stopped it and threw it backwards yeah which looked very reminiscent of messing with time and then Mm -hmm. someone i read somewhere that they made that connection that when loki in the first episode was playing with the infinity stones he had the time stone in his hand and that's the one he was playing with so what are the chances that Loki pocketed that? And now that they were out of the TVA, that stone would actually work. And he actually yeah. has the time stone and is screwing around with that. It's possible because I did notice that too. And the thought popped in my head, like what he that just did weird. there, what yeah. he just did there with that building and threw it back. That's not in his power set. Right. Do that. He doesn't have like telekinesis or 
super strength or anything. So how did he do that? So yeah, that is interesting. That'll be something to kind of keep an eye on in the future. How, how that worked. Yeah. I'm wondering if that was once again, just a cheap out, you know, like, yeah. Oh, this, we're, this is falling. Well, Loki wave your arms in front of it. We'll make it go backwards with special effects. Or if it's a, um, like I said, a drop of something bigger. Yeah. That is I like interesting. To think it's bigger. I like to think it's bigger. The MCU is proven, especially with these shows on Disney plus that they're, thinking big game here now yeah i totally agree with you a lot of detail going so i'm very i'm excited for you know episode four i I agree as we said in the beginning this to me was a the weakest but it's just because i don't know why it exists and i'm hoping in future episodes a lot of oh this was this and rewatching it i think would is going to have a better a better it's going to go down easier than when after we have more information yeah i mean in the end the, my big takeaway from it from this episode is i feel like it, there's a lot of exposition and and character building for sylvie mm-hmm. and i gotta think i gotta think that marvel does a lot of you know they don't do anything without having a plan in place so they're my guess is their main reason is she's going to be a character that we see a lot of in the future. I mean, this series alone, but even like beyond that, right. and we got, kind of got to get to know her a little bit more. Um, and her, the way she interacts with Loki and maybe even without him in the future, because she may be a character that is heavily featured in the future. We've talked about these MCU shows on Disney seem to be a lot of torch passing going on. Mm-hmm. As um, you said, the young Avengers, young Avengers, um, WandaVision, we had white vision. I know that's kind of different, but um, you know, Sam becoming cap. And then this show might be a way of passing the Loki torch. Um, could this show be the end of Tom Hiddleston as Loki? And then she's going to be our new Loki in the MCU proper. Uh probably that's, yeah that's <laughs> i mean that's honestly that, where i'd put my money i mean that seems to be yeah. the point of all of these shows for the most part yeah so if this show was our way of getting a window into her more because they want us to care about what actually happens to her in the future and her mm-hmm. not just be like uh you know if we didn't get this information on her she kind of talked about her past a little bit and it's a little murky and i'm sure we'll get into it more but they want, I feel like they want us to care about her as an audience. So she matters yeah. to us. So if that's what this episode is for, I can see that being the case. And, you know, that was episode three. I, I like it, man. I'm excited for episode four. I can't wait to get more thoughts from you and kind of said, like I said, hopefully we get a couple of ahas. And now I really hope we get nothing but a door opening and Owen Wilson popping out and going, come on, guys, the adventure's <laughs> in here. And, Hop in. Wow. Here's my brother, Luke. He's, uh, <laughs> he's part of the TVA now too. Uh, bottle rocket. Uh, and dude, I love that movie. <laughs> Who doesn't dude. Bottle rocket is such an underrated, just gem of a movie, man. Yeah. For those of you who haven't seen it, go watch bottle rocket. Yeah. yeah it was Wilson Wes- brothers. Fantastic. It was Wes Anderson's first movie before he became quirky. It's true. Yeah, it's it's like this thing that nobody you tell people it's a Wes Anderson movie and people are gonna be like, Yeah, no, that's not a Wes Anderson movie because he's right, you know, worked the gimmick. Yeah, he hasn't found he didn't find his you know style or whatever by then. So yeah, but it's a fantastic movie. Oh god, I love that movie. Love that movie yeah. so much. But 
I think that's going to wrap it up for us on our limited series, Loki number three for the episode Lamentus. I wanted to see how many times I can say Lamentus in this episode. I think <laughs> I got like seven or eight in there. So hope you guys weren't playing a drinking game or we should have picked it up. You know, we should have said that in the beginning. We can start it now. Start the rules. Start the <laughs> rules. Uh, but make sure you guys are like subscribe and following us on all podcasts and social media services. Follow us over on Twitter at raise the geek and shoot us an email with any questions, comments, or concerns at raise the geek at gmail.com. We appreciate all the support that we get from you guys already. Can't wait to see more, but until next time, I'm Chris and I'm done. And thanks for listening to the raise the geek podcast limited series, Loki, where we all speak geek and Loki.